And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, hey. And Pascal. How are you doing, Paz? How you doing? Good, good. So we're going to uh, wrap up our um, scores for the our grades for the season. We're going to move on to the, the midfield and forward players tonight. Um, did the defence last week, obviously. So um, let's get straight in, Jazz. you want to get us started with uh, with Granite Xhaka? <clears throat> Uh, sure thing. All right, so Granite Xhaka, uh, all comps, I have 47 games, nine goals, seven assists. I gave him an A. Uh, crazy season from Granite. I've always been a pro moving on from this player, um, but he really turned it around for me this season. Very few mistakes, no red cards, and a very solid attacking return. He was in an unfamiliar position, you know, relatively for most of the season and did really well, I think. You know, leadership and, and, and all that has has always been part of his game, but, um, you know, just massive for us, I think. Uh, we're definitely going to miss this player if if he leaves this summer, but I don't know what more you could have asked for from him this season. Pass? <clears throat> yeah, I can't, I can't disagree. Um, I would say also A. Um, I think he was outstanding. He was, um, you know, more or less the guy. The guy's made of stone because he he hardly misses a game. He plays in the cups. He's um, if he is out, it's really temporary. Um, but also, I think he's just his performances were excellent. I think he um, he really he really embraced that more advanced role. Um, and uh, like Justin mentioned, his goals and assists were, were really good for the best he's ever had at the club. Uh, understandably, because he was more advanced, but he took to that role really well. Um, so I, I, I absolutely, I'd give him an A. Um, and um, best season, it's just a bit ironic if he does leave that his best season was his last one. Yeah, we've got a clean sweep of A's here, um, which I, I didn't think we were going to get, but we we did get a clean sweep of the A's. Like you guys said, I mean, he had a fantastic year. I, I think what this year showed me, and I, I'd actually thought it for a while anyway, um, he he was just being used wrong the entirety of his career. We wasted six years playing him in a position that isn't his best position. Yep. And if you remember when Arsene Wenger brought him in, he said he was a box-to-box midfield player and then proceeded to stick him in front of the defence and give him, his ball with a, give him the ball with, a, with his back to goal. Yep. Um and there's, and funny enough, before this, his best little spell was probably um, under Emery when he had Torreira playing a bit deeper than him. And then Emery went all mad and switched him around again. So, yeah, like you said, he'll be, he'll be an absolute massive miss if he leaves. I'm still kind of hoping against hope that we manage to talk him into one more year. Um, but, yeah, this is... Um, it's been a brilliant season and I can understand if he wants to bow out on a, on a high like this, because I, I don't basically see how he can get better than this. Like I said last time that Thomas Partey hit his absolute ceiling 
um, last year. And I think we may be there with Granite too. If, if Granite does stay, I don't know how he can better this season. Um, just Martin Odegaard. All right, Martin Odegaard, uh, 45 games, 15 goals, eight assists in all comps. I gave him an A as well. Uh, great season from the captain. I think he really stepped up with his end product, and it had a big impact for the team. Showed great leadership at times, especially, you know, with, with the huddles and stuff, which I wasn't, you know, crazy about, but I think it, you know, shows a, a unity and a, a togetherness. He was, uh, you know, pretty injury-free and, and reliable all throughout the season. Still young, not quite his prime, so I'm expecting an even better season from him next year. But just just a great player, great leader, someone we can build around. And uh, we were just incredibly lucky to get him at the price we got. So, yeah, Martin Odegaard, I gave him an A as well. Pass? Yeah, uh, A as well. Um, I think to give anyone, I think A+, plus. I think he can do even better next season. So I think yeah. A+, plus would be... I, I think there, there's still more. Uh, he hasn't reached his ceiling at all. Um, but uh, this was his best season for us. He's got better and better each season. His um, output was really good in terms of goals and assists, which is one of the things that, uh, especially goals, which is, you know um, was the slight critiques he would get, um, was that he was not maybe delivering as much on that front. Um, <clears throat> he also embraced the captaincy role. Um, I think he's done a great job as a captain. Uh, they seem to all respect him. They seem to like him. He's 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 professional. Um, so yeah, he was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. He's rightly uh, player of the season for us. So we're starting the pod with a clean sweep of A's for both of the starting both of the first two players. Um, yeah, player of the year, fifteen goals. What more is there to add? Really, I mean, he's been the technical leader of this team ever since he came in. He's Arteta on the field, basically. But he's also grown into the role of the emotional leader, the way he interacts with the crowd, the way he represents the club away from the pitch as well. He was at the uh he was at the event where they where they previewed all the artwork that was going on the stadium and he stayed there all night talking to people well after he could have left. He was up at the Hillsborough disaster laying the flowers for the at the uh at the uh, plaque outside of the outside of the ground, so I think he's really growing into that captain role. I think that will be he. I think will be the one that fills the void that gets left by Granite Xhaka. Funnily enough, um, yeah. he's a real partner. But I think it's I think it's it's Odegaard that's that's really growing into that role. Uh, fantastic season. I'll, I'll I'll take the same again every year. But I I agree with you, Pass. I think he's I think there's even more to come, more to come from him. So I think they were the first two were pretty easy ones. We're going to get into a couple, a couple more difficult ones now. Um, so, Giles, what have you got for Fabio Vieira? All right, Fabio Vieira played thirty-three games, two goals, six assists. I gave Fabio a C minus. Um, it's a weird season for Vieira. He never quite got up to the pace. You know, he had a couple good games, some really poor ones, and was inconsistent throughout, even flashing in and out in specific games. Um, He seems very slight. He gets muscled off the ball pretty easy, and at times doesn't seem on the same, you know, like wavelength with, with his teammates. End product was still solid, though, I think, for his amount of minutes. He had some good passing and touches at times. Uh, I think missing preseason in the beginning of the season, you know, 
kind of hurt him. Uh, but, you know, that's not really an excuse because he had, like, the World Cup month as well to kind of bet in, and it didn't really seem to help a lot. Um, yeah, I'm expecting a lot more from him next year, especially if he's going to be the, you know, uh, filler in for, like, the left or right eight, you know? Um, so, yeah, Fabio Vieira, I gave him a C-, minus, and even that almost feels high as I'm reading it. Pass. Um, <clears throat> I'd give him a D. Uh, I think he, you know, there were some games like the um, Brentford game where he came on and he he did a good job. I think oh the god missed that game and he he filled in. Um, I think he he did really he, he scored a goal. And he had a good performance, um, but generally very underwhelming for me. I, I think he he just seems really lightweight. Um, just disappears in games. Doesn't stamp his authority, which could be due to his frame and and the fact that he is so lightweight but just hasn't taken to the league um to the pace of the league to the physicality of the league and um you know I thought the Europa would be a great part a, a great time for him to really show what he can do and not really uh perform the way I thought he would um and when he's come on as a sub I think he got to a point towards the end of the season where he was not first choice to come on as a sub and he started to I, I just felt the confidence wasn't there, so I'd probably give him a D. And I've gone D minus. Um, I thought he was very underwhelming. I thought we paid a lot of money for him. I know we've had a disagreement about whether 40 million quid's a lot of money or not, but I thought he was incredibly underwhelming. Um, he had a little spell of about three weeks where he looked like he was uh, he was about to turn a corner, and then it all just went completely wrong for him again. He is lightweight, um, but I think the thing for me is that I've really not seen many of them flashes that make you think it's worthwhile persisting with a player. You know, there's there's usually flashes during the season where you go, I can see a player there. I'm not sure I've really seen that with Fabio Vieira. I've, I've, I'm really not. We bought him, we bought him in the hopes that we were buying a hundred million pound player a season early. When you do that, you take a gamble, you take a risk that what you're actually doing is overpaying for a an average player because he'd only had what eight months in Porto's first team. And I think that's basically what's happened here. I think we've, we've taken a gamble and it hasn't paid off um, kind of like we did with Laconga, just a more expensive one. Next year is a huge year for him. Absolutely massive. So we'll, we'll see if he can turn it around next year. You were right. Juzzy did. He was injured at the start and that, that definitely didn't help him, but there's big improvements needed from Fabio Vieira. If he's going to be, anywhere near worth what we paid for him i wish we could loan him out i think a loan would be the best answer for him but i just don't know if we've got that the the necessary depth for it but i think he could really use a loan yeah i i don't know when you get players of that age that you bought for that money that need loans i i'm i'm more i'd rather think you you just prefer a cut bait i think there's as much chance that he goes on loan does absolutely nothing as as there is that he that he does anything, anything decent, but it's, it's a big year for him. Kind of, I don't think he's going to go on. You don't think he's going to go out. Just I like, don't No, I uh, don't think he's going to go on, but no, I'm just, I, I think he could use it. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe. Go just. Uh, Smith Rowe, 15 games, zero goals, two assists. Uh, I gave Smith Rowe a D and it, it hurt me, cut me deep. Um, wait till you hear mine then. <laughs> um a, a rough season for the number 10 uh after coming off a brilliant one last season um 
everyone on this pod knows that he's one of my favorite current players, but the fact is Emil was injured for most of the season. Then when finally fit, he just, he wasn't picked uh, very often being behind Vieira and even Reese Nelson at times. Uh, I love the player. I think he'll bounce back if he gets the chance. Um, but, you know, very poor season overall for Smith Rowe. Uh, so a D. Pass. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think um, <clears throat> I would have to mark him as a fail <laughs> because um, if you compare it to the season before, and this is not slight on his performances per se, it's just I haven't seen him. I've hardly seen him. Um, the only notable game I can remember him coming that I can remember, it's quite remarkable that you said 15 games because I, I don't remember seeing him. I only remember that uh, game against, um, who was it, Forrest? Brentford. When he came on? Brentford. He come on and then it was Reese Nelson that came on for him and got the winner. Yeah, when Trussard Truss- Truss- yeah, Truss- got hurt. Yeah. No, but Brentford, Brentford, we uh, we drew. Uh, um, I didn't mean Brentford. I meant Bournemouth. Was oh. it Bournemouth then? The one where he yeah. got an assist. Yeah, he, he got an he assist. Came, he came on for Trossard early when Trossard got injured, and then he came off for Nelson. I think he was on the pitch for fifty nine minutes. I think that day. Okay, but I remember him getting an assist yep. in in that game, and then was taken off exactly. So that's the only game I remember him in. Um, so it's more, I don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. Um, I find it weird uh, that he was behind Fabio Riviera, even though he was shockingly bad. Um, there has to be something. You can't go from a performance the year before where you're the mainstay on the on the, on the the team sheet on the left-hand side. You're overtaken by Martinelli, understandably, because he did get injured and Martinelli was just outstanding. But to not even be the replacement to Martinelli when he comes off and Fabio Vieira is playing ahead of you, something's going wrong. And Reese Nelson as well. No disrespect to Reese, but you should he should be ahead of the pecking order for Reese Nelson. So what's gone on behind the scenes? I have no idea. Um, but, you know, that aside, he was also away for most of the season. So I, I could not make any assessment of him, really. So you just have to mark it as a fail. Uh, and real quick, too. Yes, he had 15 appearances, but he got 241 minutes. Yeah. So a lot of those were just, you know, garbage minutes at the end too. Yeah. So yeah, he barely played. Yeah, I've got a I've got an F as well. Um and my you know, you you just read out the minutes there, Jazz, and, and that was a point I was gonna say, you know, you can say fifteen appearances. I'm saying this is a completely wasted season. Absolute waste of a season. Um, you know, he played absolutely no meaningful role whatsoever coming in from being an integral part of the team. He'd been fit since January. He was fit for five months and just wasn't used. He sat on the bench. He played for England under 21s and just wasn't used. And I think as much as next year is a big year for Fabio Vieira, I think it might be even bigger for Emil Smith-Rowe because I think the the talent is there. I don't think anyone's going to question that. I, I love the player. I would love to see him given a chance. Pass on with you. I don't get Aries behind Fabio Vieira in the pecking order. I don't think anyone understood Harry was behind Fabio Vieira in the pecking mm. order, or Reese Nelson. I agree with you. I, I wouldn't be picking Nelson in front of him either. Um, but yeah, this was just a complete waste of a year. And I think next season we're going to see if... I mean, provided he's still here next season, we, we haven't heard anything about anyone going out. I know there's been some, some, some whispers that Arsenal really want to keep him, but I mean, Mikel Arteta hasn't shown that he wants to keep him. 
So I think until August 31st rolls around, um, you don't know if he's going to be in next season or not. But if he is, I think it's a huge season for him because another season like this and he cannot stick around. There was actually, um, I saw Forest Links today, actually, uh, this morning. Uh, I can't remember the source and I, I doubt it was any good. But yeah, he was linked to Forest this morning. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not ready to uh, hashtag concrete. Um, say he's gonna gonna stay for sure, you know. So I, I think it's, I think that's still up in the air. Um, and I said this season is just, it's just been a complete and utter waste for him, and he's he's such a shame. Um, Judd, uh, Leandro Trossard. Oh, all right. Uh... <clears throat> all right. So Leandro Trossard, thirty nine games, eight goals, thirteen assists. Um... Not necessarily for Arsenal. Just I was going to say, where'd you get them games from? I've got twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I gave Trossard a, a an A minus. Um, he was an incredible January window purchase. I think uh, hard to give him anything but an A based on the season he had. Some great playmaking led to a few assists, quite a few assists, and he was exactly the the player profile we needed to sign in January. Uh, after stepping into the false nine role in Jesus's absence, he did probably better than he did at left wing. Uh, he had a couple of games where he was shuffled around and struggled, though. Uh, the experiment at left eight was a little tough, and he wasn't near as effective coming in from the right. But uh, as a left wing and false nine depth, I think he was really good, good numbers. So I gave him an A minus. Pass. Uh, B plus. Um, <clears throat> I think he was. Um, I think he was just what we needed. To think we were in for Mudrick, which was like um, three times, four times what uh, what we were willing to, what we paid for Tross, Trossard. Um, so bullet dodge that in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. massive, massive, and you know the the whole uh, Premier League experience. I know it's used a lot, but it really pay dividends for us because he just came straight in when we needed him to he filled in the gap that Jesus had uh, left um, which was very difficult to fill in because although Eddie had some moments he started to kind of lose his way and that Martinelli was definitely not the player he was um, and Trossard helped fill that gap and not only that when Jesus came back was also a really um, suitable substitute to come on to maybe change things up I thought he did really, really well, considering what we paid, considering he was the second option. Um, and uh, I, I think he added a lot to our team. And um, his assist record was phenomenal. When you see players like Anthony, who went to Man United, I don't even know if he got one assist. I can't even remember. Um, and then you've got players like Sancho. And then you see Trossard come in for like a fraction of that price and and really, bed, you know, really come into that team and... Uh, gel with the players so yeah I'd give him a B plus I've gone with a straight B uh agree with you guys I think he was a, a brilliant signing in January I think he had a really good impact he filled in for Jesus when Eddie was definitely faltering um and he was he was he gave Martinelli that little spell off as well when I think Martinelli probably needed a little break because he was missing Jesus and the link-up play wasn't there and then of course when Trossard moved into the middle all of a sudden Martinelli comes alive again so I think it was um yeah, I think he was a, he was an excellent signing. I think he'll continue to be a good impact sub for us too. I mean, that's the thing. He's one of the players, just we've said about Eddie, 29 games in two years coming off the bench and no impact whatsoever. 
Trossard's the exact opposite. He comes on and he, he makes impacts in games and you can bring him on in three, four, five different positions. If you're chasing, depending on the game state, if you're chasing, you can bring him on in midfield with your, you know, camping out in the other half. And I think he makes a, he makes a huge difference. So I think he was an excellent signing. Great for the squad. Um, so a B for me. Uh, this one, I think, was one of the tougher ones to do. Um, Jazz, what have you got for Reese Nelson? Oh, so again, I, I, you know, graded them based on their role, not just necessarily compared to what everybody else did. A little biased on Nelson, so I gave Nelson a B minus. Uh, he had 18 games, three goals, three assists. He didn't have a lot of minutes this season, but when he did play, he generally did quite well. I think um, he made an impact. Uh, his late goal against Bournemouth may legitimately be my favorite moment of the season. Uh, the score may be a little high, but I think for the amount of game time Reese got, he did really well. Um, you know, his performances, they seem to have earned him a new contract, uh, which hasn't been officially announced yet. But I, I mean, I, I think that, that says a lot about the player and how he did this season as well. So even in a limited role, you know, I, I think he was uh, more impactful than uh, a few other players. So yeah, B minus for Nelson for me. Pass. Uh, I'd say uh, C minus um, for me. Um, I, I, I like him. I think he's a, a good player. Um, and obviously that Bournemouth performance sticks in my memory. Um more than anything. I think also Nottingham Forest, I think he came on and did really well. Um, but I think as a starter, I'm not yet convinced, really. Um, I think he's done well when he's had to come on or he's, uh, you know, had to have some form of impact, backs against the wall time, and we need to, you know, try and, you know, take the ascendancy in games. I think he's been very useful, but he's definitely been better when I've seen him than I've ever seen him. Um, but I would still say, you know, these are moments in a season, but a season, you know, is a lot more games and there is a lot more than just two or three moments. So I, I would say C minus for him. And I'm on a C minus as well. Um, I think, you know, it's another season with zero Premier League starts. I think that the Bournemouth game and, you know, Forrest, when he come on and scored two in a, a five nil walkover, I think they kind of pulled a wool over people's eyes a little bit. He did have a couple of good sub appearances when he come on, little cameos, but he hardly played any minutes. If you go look at his substitute appearances, most of them were four minutes, six minutes, three minutes. He wasn't being brought on in the 60th minute to change games. It, it was these were these were late substitutions most of the time. And quite honestly, I think this decision to give him a new contract and his decision to sign it is one of the most baffling decisions of the Arteta era. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why we would offer it. I I mean, I get why he would sign it if the money is where they're saying it is, because he ain't getting that anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. For me, it's, it's a C minus. That Bournemouth moment was obviously absolutely fantastic, but I just, I don't see where he's ever going to get game time in this team ever. And this to me, it smells a lot like Eddie last year, a lot like Eddie last year where you've given a contract completely disproportionate to what the player is. And you're probably saying for the next three years, you're going to be here. You're going to play 200 minutes a season. Um, and then we're going to try and loan you out until, until you leave on a free. 
it, it's just a bizarre one for me. But that's what I mean about I found it hard to grade him because that Bournemouth moment was such a big moment and it was such a good moment that you really want to grade him up. But I think when you look at it as a whole, he just didn't get the game time to to really justify anything more than that. So C minus for me. But I mean, in the in the appearances he had, he did a lot with the minutes he got too. You know, um, it's not his. You know, he's not picking himself or not picking himself. But you know, I I think it'd be you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that got so few minutes uh, that made as big an impact as him. I mean, all throughout the league, I think. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, some of his cameos when he come on, he looked he looked bright. Um, but my point is, is that he's never going to start. He's yeah. just never going to start. And now. Havertz is coming in as well. I yep. don't even know how many players would have to be injured for Reese Nelson to get a start. I, I I don't even think he starts in League Cup games. I think he's still sitting on the bench in the League Cup. So I don't know. To, for me, I I hope that he goes on and has a good career. But I think this is a bad decision by the club, and I think it's a bad decision by Nelson career wise, even if financially it's a good one. Um, this contract extension, which by the way still isn't signed on the twenty yeah. seventh of June. And he's out of contract in three days, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's an interesting one. It's not done. I mean, by all accounts, it seems like it's going to get done, but it's not done yet. So we'll keep our eye on that one as it goes along. Um, Juz, Gabriel Martinelli. All right. Uh, Martinelli, I have... Uh... 46 games, 15 goals, six assists. And I gave him an A minus. Uh, a gem of a season for Martinelli, I think, uh, at times, one of our most influential players throughout. He improved his end product and take ons a lot and, you know, had defenders on toast at times this season. Uh, he trailed off a little bit with the absence of Jesus, uh, you know, from the injury. But overall, I think he had a great season. And, uh, you know, obviously I think he'll build on it. I'm expecting Martinelli to get even more goals next season as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, a minus for me with Martinelli. Uh, pass. Uh, I'd, I'd say the same a minus. Um, I think he had a really, really good season. He deserves to have an a, um, in there. Um, he um, seems a lot more assured on the ball. There's a lot more control. His, um, um, outlay is fantastic. I mean, he's scoring goals now. He's assisting. He's nailed on that left side, which we thought uh, would be Smith Rose um, for the foreseeable future. He's now made it his own. Um, I think his um, assists, his track, he's tracking as well. He defends. He comes back. He works hard. He's committed. Uh, I think he's been outstanding for us. I think he's been one of the most improved players actually. When you base it on the last few seasons, so um, yeah, a minus. Yeah, I agree. A minus. I think he's hit a level that I I wasn't even sure he had at this time last year. Um, he's mm. clearly worked hard on his left foot. He's now capable of going outside as well as inside. Scares defenders to death, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what comes next because he's mm. just the way he stepped up is is absolutely fantastic. Um, just uh, star boy Bakayo Saka. What you got? Uh, Saka. Of course, I've got an A. Um, 48 games, 15 goals, 11 assists. Um, yeah, I mean, brilliant season from the star boy, uh, oftentimes carrying the entire team on his back. He had a lot of end product to his game as well, had some great goals. 
you know, the fact that he's doubled up on almost every, you know, against every opposing team, but still makes things happen is, is pretty incredible. Uh, his cutting inside and in, in, in shooting from far out was, was great to see almost Robin-esque at times. Um, I mean, he, he's just turned into a pretty consistent goal threat. He tailed off a little bit at the end, but I mean, you know, a ridiculous amount of minutes. And, you know, as I said, he was doubled up on most of the time. Uh, so yeah, still a great season, uh, a for me and, you know, he was great for England as well. So. That's, yeah, hey, um, I think he, uh, I think what uh, what Justin just touched on there about the, I think it's understated that he was um, played, I think, every single game for England, minus, I, I might be wrong, but I know he didn't start the Wales game, but I think every other game he started, so he had that to, to contend with, he has these crappy international friendlies that he's got to play, a Nations League bullshit, um, so he's had that, plus playing for Arsenal and still keeping up the standard he's been keeping up. He's obviously always competing with himself from the season before where he was also excellent, um, but he just seems to up his level all the time. I think he, um, like Justice said, towards the end of the season, he kind of tailored off a bit, but I, I, you'd expect that when the amount of games he ha- he plays and how 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 very rarely he is out. Um, but I think his... Um, he is goal scoring. It can get even better. I would expect him to be in the twenties next season. Assist maybe higher as well, but he's just consistent performer. He's also a big time player for me. He scores in the big games. the The goal of the season, obviously, the Man United one that was against them at a crucial time. Um, he 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 tends to turn up, and um, I think he's been one of the outstanding performers of our team. So yeah, a. I've gone with an A minus, and you know why? because you wait to see what happens next. That's <laughs> my point. He's 21. He, at this age, he has now got more club goals and more international goals than Ronaldo did at this age. And I think that's your comp. That's your comp for me. It's Ronaldo. I think next year I'm expecting in the 20s. I think the year after that I'm expecting in the 30s. That's that's where I see him. I see him absolutely in the stratosphere. He's the jewel in the crown of this team. And I don't think we could have done this rebuild without him because we've had an academy player come through at exactly the right time. He's exactly the right type of player. And he's just, he's absolutely untouchable. Getting that contract done was the biggest move of the year for me. That is the biggest thing. The Saliba contract was great. You know, some of the other moves may were great, but that getting that Saka extension done, that was the most important thing that we did this season. So I just, you know, I just think that next year there's going to be so much more to come for him and I cannot wait to see where he goes. And I'm going to make another prediction right now. Are you ready for this? Gav's big predictions. He's going to be the first England player to score 100 international goals. I think Harry wow. Kane will, I think Harry Kane's going to hold that record for about two weeks. Mm. Wow. That is that is a prediction. Yep, it is. that's where I think we. I'm telling you, I think. That well, if he plays the amount of games he's been playing, of course. He's 21. Yeah. I, he's 21. Yeah. He's already got 11 goals. I, I think he's he's comp. He's Ronaldo for me, and I think that's where the next step is for him. The next step is to be regularly hitting 30 goals a season. Mm. I mean, I can see it. You know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 definitely there's definitely a scope there, and again, he's another one like Martinelli's decided that he's going to work on his left foot and go outside. Saka does the same on his right. 
And Saka's got that ability to smash the ball into the roof of the net from these weird angles on his right foot. And it's it's just crazy watching him, watching the way he's progressed since he come in. I mean, three years ago, we were playing him at left back. Let me ask you this, because I've seen this um, talked about quite a bit. Uh, I mean, you think he's a he's a permanent right wing, or you think he's got a position change in the near future? I don't see why you'd move him. I, I don't I either. Really don't. The, you know, I, I think the team might move around him. So at the minute, you know, Jesus is the furthest forward and the two wide players are offset out wide. I can see the I could see the possibility of maybe the centre forward becoming deeper. So Martinelli and Saka are the furthest ahead. Um and they basically play a little bit narrower. I could maybe see that, but I think his position he's gonna be on the on the right hand side. Yeah, I think so as well. And I, I agree, you know, why would you even move him? You know. Okay, Jess, um, what you got for Gabriel Jesus? Jesus, I have a B minus. Uh thirty-three games, eleven goals, eight assists. Look, when the season began, I mean it looked like he was gonna be transformative for us. And he I mean he you know, he was in the beginning, he was scoring, pressing like a madman and making Martinelli and others around him go up another level. The injury during the uh, the ridiculous Winter World Cup kind of derailed a season. Obviously, he missed several months. Um, and when he came back, a lot of what made him brilliant at the beginning was still there. But he lost a major edge on his finishing, I think. Missed some easy ones that were pretty painful to watch. Um, overall, I think he's a really good addition. And we are lucky to have him for the price. Uh, but yeah, some of those misses were just incredibly frustrating uh, B minus for Jesus. That's what you got. Uh, B, B plus, B plus. I um, obviously was out for quite a, a period of time. But I think he's transformed our, our way of playing up front. Um, when you compare it to um, season before with Lacazette, he's, he's tenacious. He comes back. He holds up the ball. Well, he links well for a little guy. He's, he's also pretty good in the air. He, Connects well with the uh, attackers. Martinelli's been a different player. It's no coincidence that he's upped his game since Jesus has arrived. Um, why I probably wouldn't put him into the A category is he didn't play enough games because he was out. Also, maybe the goal, which we kind of knew, but a few more goals would help. In, and, and also this tendency to fall down a little too easily sometimes when he could have just stayed in his feet and maybe get a shot in. Um, but those are small things really in comparison to to what he has given uh, to the team. Um, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure if he, if he features in more games next season and he stays injury-free, he can he, he can definitely get a, a higher grade than that. So, B+. Plus. And I'm going to split the difference between you guys and uh, I've got a B. Um, really, really bright start. Paz, you're absolutely right. He transformed this team. I mean, I, you know, I'd said before that the one player that would trans- that would make the biggest difference to any team in Europe was us getting a centre forward. Uh it's good that we got a good one. <laughs> I think any centre forward would have would have improved us from last season, but we got a good one. And the way that he presses and his movement just it just changed this team completely. We went from a back footed team to a front footed team. And that is primarily off the back of Gabriel Jesus. He plays like he's six foot three. Like, that's the bit that there were a few bits about him that I didn't know. I knew he was a good dribbler. Um, I knew his movement was good. 
I didn't know how strong he was. He's like a little ball. Um, it, defenders don't get a spare second with him. And one of the things, you know, one of the things with our te- subs and, and the game at Anfield especially, taking Jesus off and allowing them centre-backs to just be able to play the ball wherever they want killed us. And that's what they cannot do when Jesus is on the pitch because they don't get a second piece. So I think for me, it's a, for me, it's a B. It, it could have been higher if it wasn't for the fact that he missed basically four months of the four months of the season. Um, and Joe's he's finishing, like you said, he's not, you know, it, it's not where you would like it to be. That's for sure. He, he does miss a lot of each other. And, and this was before the World Cup. I think he went into the World Cup having not scored in nine, was it? Yeah. I yeah, I think nine. So, yeah. so it had, you know, it had started before then. And I think that's just something you're going to have to put up with, with him. And, it, you know, when you've got wide players like Saka and Martinelli, you can carry that a little bit more because he's primary, and it sounds weird for the centre forward, but his primary objective is not to score goals. It, that That's not the main part of his job. So if everyone else, you know, at the end of the day, we scored 80 plus goals this season. Mm-hmm. You know, we scored 20 something more than last year. So, he did his job, even if he didn't score 20 goals himself. I don't think he's ever going to be a 20-goal-a-season player. That's just just not what he is. Um, but overall, I think a, a really good season. And um, I was I was so impressed with him, especially at the start when he came in, comparing him to what we had last year between the mixture of Aubameyang and then Lacazette and then Eddie at the end. I mean, it's just <clears throat> you're watching a different sport with, with him up front instead of them three. Uh, so the last one, and this is a, another one that I found pretty difficult to grade. Um, Eddie, what you got, Jazz? Uh, yeah, I agree. This one was a, a tough one for me as well. So I have uh, Enkedia, thirty-nine games, nine goals, three assists in all comps. Again, uh, I gave Eddie a C, just a straight C. Um, like I said, it was one of my tougher ones. I think most, you know, most fans were worried when Jesus was injured, um, but Eddie stepped in and he softened the blow quite a bit. Uh, I think he did pretty well in like those initial stages of covering for Jesus. But after a while, I don't know if he was figured out or, or lost form, um, but the goals dried up. There was a point where, you know, he was replaced by Trossard and struggled to make an impact for the rest of the season. Um you know, he did have a little bit of an injury absence himself in there. Um, I think my biggest problem with Eddie is that uh, for like a, a, a second striker or like, a, you know, a, a B team striker or whatever, he, he doesn't make an impact off the bench. Uh, you know, he doesn't score as a substitute, which is something you want your second choice striker to do. And, um, you know, it seems like he really only plays well when he gets a bit of a run in the team. And... Uh, again, I just, I don't think that's kind of what we're looking for in like a plan B striker. So uh, C for me, for Eddie. S? C minus. He's, um, he definitely, you know, I feel he did a good enough job uh, for big parts of when Jesus was away. I think it's, it was a very difficult job for him to come in. He scored that winning goal against United. Um, He, he definitely has qualities. Um, and uh, I think he's he's been better than he's been in previous seasons for us. Just think that he's not, I mean, even as um, in adding depth to our striking strike force, he's not really that that player or of that high enough quality, I think, 
um, to be the one to look to when injuries occur or when substitutions are made. He very rare, well, he hardly ever makes an impact as a sub. Um, so I, 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 I don't want to be too hard on the guy because I think there were some moments where he did really well, and I think he also came in to fill in Jesus's uh, position, which was never going to be easy for him, and did adequate. Um, so yeah, C minus. Yeah, I've got a C minus as well, and and Eddie and Reese were the two hardest ones for me to be able to, to rank because I found it really difficult to to be able to place this season because you know it's what you're expecting, what they did, how they filled in, and Eddie when when Jesus first got injured and he came back, I, I thought when when Eddie came into the team, he was excellent. You know that goal against West Ham was absolutely fantastic. The performance of Spurs away, although he didn't score, he was phenomenal that night. Man United at home, not only did he get the winner, but he was excellent all game, that game as well. And at that point, I think we were looking at this being kind of a B season, really, because, I mean, he was outperforming expectations. He was really getting a run. And then I think he got a knock. There was a, he played a couple of games and he didn't look right. And there was a story out there that he was carrying an injury and then all of a sudden he disappears for a month or we find out that he that he's injured. So I think he was carrying a knock and I think that basically destroyed any chance he had because Trossard came in. And for as good as Eddie was doing them last couple of games where I think he was being nursed through a little bit, it really didn't look good and Trossard come in and give everyone a breath of fresh air. And I think that counted against Eddie massively. Um, we're at the point now where he isn't second-choice striker. He might not even be the third-choice striker, depending on what happens with Kai Havertz. Plus, we've got Balogun coming back. So it's hard for me to see next season being any better than this season for Eddie. Um, I know there's been talk, some talk out there for a move. And honestly, he's another one that I think it would be best for him if he could move away, because I don't see... I basically, he's another one I don't see a season being any better than this one for him. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, Jazz, you, you, you said, like, I don't know, how many how many appearances did you say he had in total? Uh, 39 games, all comps. 39 uh, games. He probably, he probably started, he started nine in the league. And that was obviously why Jesus was out. And then the six Europa League games, which you would expect him to start, he right. did, but he really didn't make much of a much of an impact in in those. But the nine Premier League starts, I mean, I don't think he even gets that next year if if Jesus is out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you'll probably see, uh, you know, someone like Kai Havertz jump ahead of him. Uh, you know, there's even you know Smith Rowe that might be looking at a false nine spot. Though I, I don't, I don't see that. But I mean, if we're already, uh, you know, going towards the Jesus or Havertz role, uh, it makes more. You know, Smith Rowe is almost more analogous with someone like Kai than he is with, you know, Eddie. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see him getting a lot of minutes. No, me neither. And I, I do. I think he's going to be hard to move just because of the, the wages. He's another one that I understand why he signed the contract from a financial point of view. From a footballing point of view, I'm not sure how good a move it was. And I do wonder if he could go back, if he would actually sign it uh, again. Um, but yeah, so C- minus for me. And I, I think it's, you know, it's no shame on, on Eddie because I thought he did play well when he came in. But the injury kind of ruined the end of the season for him. And obviously he didn't get any game time at the start of the season. So I think through no fault of his own, 
he starts next season further down the pecking order than he started this season. And for someone of his age and his career arc, that is not a good place to be. So C minus overall for me. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. So that that ties up the uh, that ties up the grades for for everyone for uh, the defenders, midfielders, and attackers, and goalkeepers for the season. So we'll be back towards the end of the week with uh, with a roundup of everything that's gone on this week because I'm sure there's been plenty to talk about there. Pass. I've got I've got one question. Um, what about the manager? Do you want to rate the manager? Oh, you want to do Arteta? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Let's do let's do Arteta. Um, go for Josh, it. Go you want to start us off? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, not prepared, but uh, I would give Arteta um, whew, maybe an A minus. Um, I think he had an incredible season. Uh, you know, nailed tactics for the most part. Was hurt a little bit by injuries, but that's out of his control. I think um, my only real complaint with him would be uh, you know, like his his uh impact substitutes and lack of rotation. But I also, you know, understand where he's coming from there, too. Uh, but overall, I mean, you know, a, a really good season. Um, I think none of us expected us to challenge or be in, you know, first place for as long as we were. Uh, you know, for, for a manager of his level of experience, it's absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, A- minus for me. Pass, what you got? Uh, same as Justin, actually. Um, and I think it goes back to your uh, point about Saka, uh, Gab, in that there's more to come from him. Uh, I don't. He's a young manager. He's still learning as he goes along. And you can see season by season, we're getting better. He's getting better as a manager. As Justin mentioned, his in-game management sometimes comes under question. Some weird substitutions at, at crucial times. Um so I I I feel that he's still a lot more. There's still more to come from him, more to learn. But what a superb season! What a difference from the season before! And also credit to him and Edu because they seem to be identifying the talent that we need as well, and we're having an identity at last, um, which we've been craving for for years. So I can't give him any any negative reviews, but I think to give him more than an A minus. I think there's still more of that to come in the following seasons that we have. I uh, agree with everything both of you have just said. Um, a minus, only reason it's not higher is obviously because we didn't win the league, basically. And I think mm. his substitutions need a little bit of work. Beyond that, I think he managed this season absolutely brilliantly. Um, I think we went in with a trim squad that was absolutely needed. We got rid of the players that we needed to get, uh, to get rid of. And... I just I think it was fantastic, and what you're seeing now is the respect that he's getting from all over the football world. I think he's he's widely regarded now as the best young manager in the world. I would say, um, I think players want to play for him, and I I think it's it's fantastic. I think A minus, and I can only see this getting better. And I, I you know hopefully he's here for a long time because I'm loving this team that he's built. I'm loving everything that he's put together. So yep. before we go. We've just had an Orn bomb drop. Um, so oh. Arsenal have just tabled their third and what I assume is the final bid for Declan Rice of a hundred million pounds plus five as add-ons. Jesus. Um, so 
let's uh, judge. You know what? I, that's why I said to you, that is why I said to you um, at the break, I said, I haven't seen an Orn bomb yet because it seems to come around this time. Yeah, <laughs> For some yeah, reason. I mean, it's 11, I tell you it's what, 11 you, o'clock in the UK. You, you're already going, so you, you wow. lead us off. What, 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 you, what do you make of this? This is brilliant. This is, well, to be honest, it's everything that people have said, right? They said the third one was going to meet supposedly West Ham's expectations. Now, Arsenal can't play around here. West Ham have got to accept that. There can't be any nonsense. Or if they reject that, Arsenal's got to walk away. Then it's time. There's no point. But I think kind of City did the layup for them in basketball terminology. They laid it up for Arsenal to dunk that. That's what I think um, with that offer yesterday, because it was just exactly the same, more or less. So um, it's now put Arsenal in a position saying, hey, we're going to meet your expectations. Let's do it. And Paz, that City offer yesterday was a little bit, it was just kind of dangling a leg out for a tackle in the box, wasn't it? I mean, it, it just... was weird. It was, it seemed a bit sanctimonious for me because it was like, but we're Man City. So we're going to equal Arsenal. We'll improve our installments or add-ons and all that. But we're Man City. I mean, you can't be turning us away. It, it gave me that kind of vibe to it. Um, so I'm kind of pleased that West Ham did come back and said, piss off. Um, so, you know, I, 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 it was a weird bid from City. It's actually very uncharacteristic of them to go in at, 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 at what was ex- more or less the same as Arsenal and expect something different. Well, I think what it said was they are not ready to go and blow us out of the water. I think that's exactly no. what it said. Mm. I was also wondering if no. it was a little bit, they put the structures in there because, you know, we were talking last week on the transfer pod that we've got a pool of money that we use for all these signings. And by structuring mm. it the way they did, they force us to restructure. And I wonder if their plan was to get us to spend a little bit more of our cash this summer and next summer, which is less to go around elsewhere. Um, Jazz, what's your feelings on this one? Uh, hey, man, I'm I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago on the pod that I think we're going to get this done. Uh, you know, I feel pretty confident about it. I think he is the cornerstone of our transfer business. Um, you know, it's really cool that we got this news while we're, you know, podcasting, you know, uh, to, you know, be able to maybe be the the first, uh, you know, podcast that talks about it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's huge. Uh, and I, I think this will do it. I, I do. I, I said oh. they're, they're asking for a hundred mil, um, you know, once we get there, we'll get it. I am surprised we jumped up 15 million in the offer, but uh, I'm I'm actually okay with this because like Gav was just saying the other night, this is one that uh, I don't think can miss, you know, touch wood. Um, so yeah, I'm super hyped. Yeah. Let's see what um, happens. This, this is just, the, uh, this... this is the go fuck yourself bid, right? This is, <laughs> this is, this is it. This is, this is, this is who we are. We're here. Um, and if, if they don't accept this, then we have got no choice but to walk away. Oh, and then I don't think any fan can turn around and give all this bullshit that we've been reading um, and seeing of, you know, Arsenal should just meet their evaluation and this and that. If you go, I don't know if you guys have seen it, James McNicholas's um, um, YouTube. um, I haven't watched it. I keep meaning to watch it and I keep getting interrupted. It's excellent. I've not seen it either. You know, these are the kind of guys you want to look at and it's not hyperbolic. He explains a lot of how transfers work how offers are done, how the process is, 
and it really gives you good insight into um, into how try exactly is it's played out the way that he said they usually play out. They never go in at the asking price. It's yeah. never it's never how it works. Yeah. They just incrementally work the the team. There's negotiations. There's talks. They also need to get approval from the board. It's not like the board say. You go in with the offer, but then just say it doesn't work. You have to go back to the board. That takes time. The board have to approve. It's all, it's not something that, because there's always this expectation, oh, you get a, uh, a an offer rejected. Why didn't they come in the next day? It's not that simple. You have to get the funds as well. So it's really interesting. It's worth worth watching. It gives you a good insight into it. Yeah. Pass, you, think, you think this one gets it done? Has to. Has, Has to. to. Yeah, I think it gets, I mean, this gets done too. It, 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 if it doesn't, then I, I will, I will send the letter to Arteta and tell him to walk <laughs> away because it's ridiculous. Do you, yeah. do you think? Um, do we think Man City are going to match this? Because I don't. I don't. No, no, I don't. I, the fact that they, I, I don't know. I, I find it really weird that they knew that we were on going to. We're going to probably put in the third offer. It was common knowledge. Why would they put their first offer the same as our second one that got rejected with slightly better terms? So it just gives you the impression they weren't willing to go to that price because why didn't they just go in at that price? They were, it was there for them to do it. Yeah, that that was the, that's the thing. When you're dealing with City, they do have the ability to blow you out of water. They they could have gone in at 130 million all in one. I mean, Abu Dhabi ain't going to miss the money, right? They can just go, they can just go steal it off a couple of starving families or something like they do. But, you know, yeah. in, you're right, but they don't do that either, you know? Like, when have we ever seen City just, like, blow, you know, they tend to be quiet and, and efficient with their targets. Um, I I kind of respect the way they work, even though, you know, they're a bunch of bloody cheaters. But um, the way they work is, is, is quiet and efficient, basically. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, <clears throat> anyone got anything else to add on this before we uh, before we wrap it up? No, that was a good way to wrap it up, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, a great end to it. So, all right, well, like I said, we'll be back towards the end of the week where we'll uh, we'll have some more on this stuff. Hopefully, it'll be a done deal. We, you know, with the amount of time it takes us to announce something, I expect we'll have the pictures of him on the kit about five minutes before well, the charity shield starts. Uh, <laughs> but well, hopefully, we'll uh, hopefully we'll have some we'll have some movement by the end of the week when we do the transfer wrap up. You can also think of the new name for the podcast, what for the for the actual episode. So you had rice, rice, maybe you've now got to think of the new one if that does happen. Mm. Come rice, I'll rice, come definitely. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, does name all the episodes, so you know he he's pretty brilliant at it. But Gav, he's got to put a copyright on it, Gav. Come on, <laughs> hint, hint. Yeah, everyone keeps stealing my episode names. So. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks a lot for tonight, and um, we will uh, we'll be back towards the end of the week with our transfer wrap up. So. Some good news at the end there. Hopefully this uh, this should get it done. Um, so good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.